You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. We got some phone calls today, yeah. Got a lot of them, actually, which is great. I guess that's all I have to do is uh, just throw out a, well, no calls, sorry, no podcast for you, and then people cry and they weep and they weeping and gnashing of teeth and whatnot. Um, yeah. And so everybody, everybody came to the uh, to the aid of the show. So I appreciate that. We do have to kind of get rocking here, although there's no reason we can't have extra calls. But I don't need to talk to myself. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You want to come participate in the show? You can come. It's getting awkward now. Please say something. Hey Ryan, it's Nate. Hey, uh, I just wanted to call in with my uh, couple idiot callouts of the day. All right. One, um, I'm had a guy on Twitter say that he wants Rogers to play with a broken thumb over putting in love. Okay. Which I think is incredibly stupid. Why would you want your quarterback who's playing like garbage to keep playing like garbage with a broken thumb? Well, here, here's, here's my thought on that. I'm trying to tread as lightly as I possibly can. I don't see from any standpoint why at this point, okay, maybe play against the Eagles, see what happens, right? If we smoke the Eagles, we're still not 100% out of it. Mm, Okay, whatever. But we're kind of getting to the point, whether or not you're a big Rodgers fan or or are a we-need-to-start-looking-to-the-future-need-to-evaluate-love person, and you can technically be both, um, you can like Rodgers and want him to stay around, but also be curious and say, hey, we need to see what we got because Rodgers isn't going to be here much longer. But at this point, even if you think all the anti-Rodgers stuff is stupid, we need to preserve him. And having him continue to play on a busted-up thumb I don't think is necessarily good for him either. So considering the season is all but lost, right? And, And we could say, well, it's not officially lost. Okay, fine. But we're kind of getting to the point where him playing on a broken thumb doesn't do anything other than damage our team, damage Rodgers for the future, and damage our ability to evaluate. I mean, there's there's zero positive. What is the positive? Other than, ha-ha, suck it, love, Rodgers is the man, I can't think of a single reason why playing love would be a benefit. Again, we're not 100% eliminated, so I could see, you know, let's see what happens. 
if we beat the Eagles, and as, as long as he's okay to play and can tough it out, fine. But once we get to the point where it's like, all right, we have like a point zero one percent chance. We, we, yeah, I, 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 again, what's the what? Why? For what reason? You know, it. it the the conversation to Rogers would be, we need to focus on having you healthy for next year. Period. And so we're shutting you down because there's no point in doing continued damage. You may need surgery. I don't know what the what the the timeline is on that, but we want to make sure that we can get you what you need, get it bandaged up, put a thumb cast on or whatever you'd put on a broken thumb. I don't think you do very much, but take care of it, surgery or whatever, and have you ready to go for next year. Obviously, if you retire, decide to retire, that's fine, but that's our plan moving forward. In the meantime, we get the extra added bonus of playing love, and as I've always said, it's kind of win-win. If he comes in and he dominates, boom, we got a quarterback. If he comes in and he sucks, we get a really high draft pick, and we learn that we don't need love and, and can't use love, which we I think most of us assume probably is the case, you know, like 90-ish percent that he probably isn't going to be a great quarterback. But, um, yeah, I, I that's that's where I'm at. If we lose this game, I really don't see much benefit in continuing to play Rodgers. For Rodgers' sake, the team's sake, for love's sake, for anybody's sake. I just I don't understand the benefit of it. Um, and then the other one is uh, somebody on Twitter wants the Packers to trade for Melvin Gordon III. For what? Why? Right. Why would you, why? You don't trade for running back. And this, this is the, the silliness of, I mean, everything is a scale, right? You can't say that everybody that wants the big name guys is this irrational, but there really is a contingent of the fan base that every time a big name comes up, they picture that person at their peak and say, man, could you imagine this team with this person? And in this case, you'd have to picture Melvin Gordon at his peak like in college because I don't think he ever really had a super, super dominant pro career. I mean, it was fine. Uh, He definitely peaked at one point and was a good running back, but he was never like the running back in the league like he was supposed to be. Um, Yeah, I I have no idea what we have. I mean, I guess the, the thought process would be, number one, the cap is for idiots. Um Number two, we actually have money and can afford him right now. Number three, we actually think we're going to go somewhere this season and want to add pieces. Number four, the piece that we need is a running back. Number five, A.J. Dillon isn't really a very good running back, and we need a second running back to complement Aaron Jones. And number six, Melvin Gordon could be that running back, and so we have that tandem. And because we have that tandem, now we're going to go on winning, and we're going to go to the playoffs, and we're going to go to the Super Bowl and all that. Now, that would have to be the logical line of thinking, but I don't think there is a logical line of thinking. I literally think for most people that are in this camp, it's, ooh, big name, I want him. Gutekunst, you either get him or you're a jag-off and you don't do anything for this team. You can get a decent running back. Throw a second-round draft pick and you'll get a good running back in the draft if you really want to, but you can get him in the third or fourth round if they're still good. Waste draft. frustration frustration with twitter frustration with people saying dumb idiot things on twitter anyway uh go peco sorry about the dinging i'm trying to find melvin gordon and um struggling oh there he is i had to (laughs) 
You've got to be kidding me. So I, I, I had no idea. I couldn't find Melvin Gordon in the uh, on PFF, so I had to expand because it only showed 50 to expand to 100 running backs. There are only 52. So think about that. He's not in the top 50, but he is in the top 52 of 52. You know where he ranks out of 52 running backs? 52nd. He is the lowest graded running back in the entire NFL this year with 318 yards, 3.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns, and five fumbles. Guys, listen. I I understand like that immediate feeling of, ooh, I wonder. But that should immediately be... Well, a couple thoughts should immediately come to mind. Number one, he just got cut. Why? Number two... When's the last time you heard his name in any kind of a positive light? If you're getting excited because that's a name that you remember from, when was he drafted? Melvin Gordon, uh, 2015. If you're getting excited because of his, let's say, 2018 season, which was his highest season, and that's where your brain goes, and you can't really remember him doing much outside of that, um, yeah, he, he hasn't hit double-digit touchdowns since 2018. Uh, he only cracked 1,000 yards once, that was in 2017. He did have 900 yards in 2021 with Denver, but um, he's got serious, serious fumble issues. He has 27 fumbles in his career. Um, in the last four years, it's 4-4-3, four, four, and then this year already five. This is the, the, the second most he's had in his entire career. So, yeah, and, and he's he's going on 30 years old, so he's well over the hill for a running back. He doesn't have a single positive graded game this year. By the way, they run the same system as us there. So they changed the system in Denver. They, uh, you know, they, they had success with him prior to in, in Denver. Not, not you know, again, he's not the number one running back, but success. And then they changed the system to our system with our old offensive coordinator, and he falls off a cliff. So... Uh, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't really understand fully. Hey Ryan, it's Matt again. Um, almost forgot to mention, I hope you appreciated that, uh, that call out from let's go bears yes, on sir. Twitter. He lost a bet to me and in return, um, I requested that he do a shout out for the podcast. So hope it, uh, hope it was nice to see. And yeah, he, he lost a, a bet about fields throwing 300 yards passing in a game and um which would obviously never happen he said that would happen in in that game or just through this part of the season because the guy has only thrown 200 yards once that's pretty wild to assume that he would not only get to 200 yards i mean if you had bet 200 yards i wouldn't take that bet 300 has he thrown 300 in his entire career there has to be one right let me look and see real quick justin fields spelled it wrong let me pause this so you don't have to hear me typing. No, he has never in his entire career thrown for 300 yards. He did have uh, 291 against Pittsburgh. That was the one, like, quote-unquote elite game that he had. 291 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. That was, like, his his big breakout, like, this guy's going to be great kind of a game. And... uh he went on to have one more good game since. That was Week 15 against Minnesota. He has not had one as a passer this entire year. But anyways, yes, I do appreciate that. Um, That was very cool. He is, of all the Bears 
people on there that are really, really sensitive and get super angry and obnoxious. Um, he is probably the only one I enjoy interacting with. There's been a couple that have gotten real heated and then it kind of becomes cordial and we're kind of cool, but also kind of like you're still kind of a douche thing. So like we're good, but for the most part, it's just block city these days. Like I'm just, I say anything about the bears, bears, Twitter finds it and they, and and I've become like a figure now, which is a bad thing. Like you don't want to be that guy where it's like bears, Twitter. I I made a comment because it just comes up in my feed. I, I just made a comment and all the comments were like, this guy's always talking about feels like, how do you know who I am? You shouldn't know who I am. That's not a good thing. I don't want to be known in Bears Twitter. I mean, I probably should want that. You know, no no press is bad press or whatever, but it's just, it's not a good thing. I don't want that. I don't need that in my life. Hey, Randis, Nico. Hey, so, Nico. Um, I'm at work. We're pretty busy, but you started talking about pie. Yeah, dude. So, uh... I don't care. I had to call and talk about it. Yes. So there, I don't know if there is a bad pie. I'm kind of like you. They're all good. You could probably make like, um, I don't know. I mean, I know you hate vegetables. You talk about the, rhub- uh, the rhubarb thing. Yeah, my daughter made one. She grew on rhubarb, made it. I thought I was eating strawberry pie. It was just freaking oh, rhubarb yeah. pie. It's Dude, it's amazing. so good. I, I mean, love rhubarb pie. If they had like a lime bean pie, maybe it would be good too. I don't know because lime, lime beans are gross. But, yeah, uh, maybe. I, I don't used know. To just don't tell me. Pecan pie was disgusting. Uh, and then I lived in, uh, I lived in Florida where they grow like wildfire. Yeah. We moved into this place and my neighbor brought over this pie one day that my wife was at home and she was like, this nice old lady says, Hey, here's a roux. Here's a pecan pie for you. You know, it's cause we have the new neighbors. Oh, thank you. And I'm like, pecan pie. Those are nuts. I ain't no nut pie. Yeah. Right. Well, I exactly. took a bite. I ate the whole dang pie before my wife got home. Cause it was really, really good. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, pie is amazing. You, I could just so have good. like a whole dinner with just pie. It's underrated pie is, too. Ice cream. Like we we always talk about cake, you know, and cakes cakes fine, right? Cake is great. Like when we go get dessert, like for special occasions, it's cake, and then you know when we're buying dessert or making dessert at home, we make brownies, we get donuts, we never get pie. Pie is 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 like reserved for you get an apple pie or pies for holidays and that's it why do we do that why do we do that why don't we just grab a pie like i'm going to the store to get bread and milk hey i'm gonna grab a pie and go home and and have a slice of pie i'm gonna get pie and ice cream why wouldn't you do that like you got to grab another thing of don't don't get me wrong i love donuts but it just feels so much more like like an event when you have a pie you know A, a donut is just grab it out of the box and you feel just Fat and gross, like mommy the, the donut. <laughs> pie is like sophisticated and formal, and you get it on a on a plate, and it's cut into a nice little triangle. And then you you got the ice cream, and and you try to get like the nice circle, and you present it just right there on the side. Maybe you get some oh, get some Cool Whip and just mm, pie, man. I'm not saying all the time, but I am saying it's weird we don't just get pies, or I don't get pies. I don't know anybody. I go to their house, and they're just like, hey, you want some pie? I just bought a pie yesterday for fun. Nobody does that. Who does that? Nobody does that. We should do that. We should just go do that right now, and we need to go to McDonald's and get some of those weird things that are on their menu, because if I find out they're taking it off their menu because it was like a two-day thing, I'm going to freak out. Uh, it's really good. So, uh, yeah, thank you for making me late, uh, research my work duties and come outside and talk about pie, but yeah. uh, hey, it's your fault. All good. You put the quarter in the machine. You know how that goes. <laughs> Have a great dinner. Oh yeah, and whatever. Go back though. Yeah, bye. Yep. By the way, pecan pie. I think 
As, as weird as it sounds, I think I had it for the first time last year. I, I had always assumed I had had it and just didn't like it because, like, you was, like, nuts. I'm like, Dad, I don't want nuts. But I remember I ate it, and I'm like, I don't know what this... I, to this day, I have no idea what that is. It's like this weird alien gelatin. I have no idea what's inside pecan pie. The, I, I will say the one thing about some pies, and that's one of them, you need the ice cream or the Cool Whip or the whipped cream or something to kind of tame it down because that stuff is sweet. Like my favorite pie in the world, when I was a kid, I could devour probably a whole one. Now I eat, I, I need some coffee or something with it, but it's French silk. Dude, let me tell you about some French silk freaking pie, bro. It's so good, but I'm getting old now, which means I'm kind of a kind of a loser, and I can't just like eat. I mean, I could. It's just not super enjoyable. So I got to have like a cup of coffee and stuff with it to kind of tame the sweetness because it's just a punch you in the mouth over and over again with sweet. <sighs> but French silk pie, French silk pie is 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 my go to faux show. What up, Nate? Hey, Ryan. It's Nate. Just hey. wanted to call in with uh, a little piece of information that I learned today. Okay. So did you know in Minnesota that uh, they tell time differently when it's 2.20? They don't say normal things like it's 2.20 or it's 20 after 2 or anything like that. They actually say it's 40 to 3. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you stupid jerk. That was funny. That was funny. What's going on, Steve? Hey Ryan, hey Jay, Steve, how's hey, it going, bud? Going on. Um, I'm just kind of sitting here. And sitting here, you got done cutting down a forest. Enjoying the fact that we're going to get ourselves our good draft pick. That that cowboy team was a fluke. Yeah, I know nobody else out there sees it that way because we're you know we're looking at our things all crazy wise, but it was a messed up season, so everything's crazy. Nobody's seeing anything clearly here because we don't know what to do with ourselves. But that's fun. That's fun. The reason I called, I was listening to uh, a couple of nights ago, Packernet After Dark, and you were talking about the, actually it wasn't Packernet After Dark, it was uh, the review of the game, the first oh, half yeah. of the game. And you were talking about uh, the Rodgers almost safety yep. play. <laughs> that play, that 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 is just a microcosm of what we have with Aaron Rodgers right now. One of the things that I, I think you missed is that there was an early part of that where if he wanted to, and it, I really honestly think if he was a younger guy, he could have ran to his left and gotten out of the end zone and gotten two or three yards, maybe four. There was, there was a space there. And his backing out, as you said, and then going back into the he, – he's done that many times this season where he backs out and there's an opening. There is a space there for him to move into and lots of green field for him to run through so he can look for receivers and, if anything, just throw the ball away. But instead, he doubles back into the pocket. There's been times when it's a forward movement and there's a gap for him to run forward into. And instead of going through and just going, he backs back into the pocket. So that that's my thing there. That's what I heard what you're talking about. But I'm I'm going to digress and I'm and I'm gonna go on to something else here. Um Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes. 
I don't know if anybody else has talked to you about it because I again haven't listened to any of the Packer Night After Dark. But uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Whether you're going to get this before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, hey, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and and ask you what the one thing you're looking forward to most for Thanksgiving dinner. All right, Ryan. Have a good day, bud. Oh boy, what am I looking forward to most? Let's let's uh. Let's talk about the Rodgers thing, I guess, for a second. L- let me just acknowledge a couple things. Number one, is Rodgers the only problem here? No. Number two, is this something Rodgers has never done before? No. Number three, is this something that every quarterback goes through to some extent? Yes. Do we win if Rodgers throws all the people and to everybody that he probably should have but didn't? I don't know. Maybe. But I don't know that he that we do. But I'll tell you what. If you just pick out those handful of plays, if he hits Christian Watson as he's coming out of his break on that play, if he hits Alan Lazard those two or three times that he didn't decide to on those third downs, because again, he could have, it was like six different times, three times we convert on a third down with Lazard, three times we could have because it's the exact same route he's open and Rodgers doesn't throw it to him. Um, if he hits Lazard coming across the middle, if he hits Sammy Watkins coming across the middle, if he hits Christian Watson going down the field, if he hits those plays, I think that is the difference between whatever the heck we have going on right now and like 2011, 2016, this guy is the best quarterback in football conversation. That's the difference. And whether that's his fault or the receiver's fault or whatever, I don't know. But the inability to see and deliver the ball to see the the open receivers, to throw the to the open receivers and and do it accurately, yeah, that that's that's the difference. That's the gap. Not necessarily the gap between us being an elite offense and a bad offense, although it certainly would make us a lot better, a lot a lot better. But for Rodgers specifically, the difference between what we're seeing now and like the best version of Rodgers is a very simple matter of see it, throw it. There's too much confusion and I know I do this too often you ever you ever like do a thing that's like a hobby and so all your analogies kind of come back to that like fishing or boxing or just because that's just what you do I mentioned Starcraft video game a couple times there are certain things that you do that are kind of routine and kind of simple and it's not a big deal and your hands just kind of take over on the keyboard and it's just pop 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 do this do that do that and then there'll be like an attack wave coming in and you start to panic and your brain locks up and all those simple commands like how to select your guy so that you can go back and, and you know attack the attack wave or whatever, you forget how to do it, and your brain locks up, and you just start pushing buttons, and you're freaking out, and you're like, ah. I feel like that's what Rodgers is doing, especially when pressure starts coming. His brain locks up, and he doesn't see simple things, and he can't do simple things anymore. And remember, I've been saying for several years now, Rodgers is not necessarily a dominant quarterback under pressure. He never has been. He's always been average to subpar in that category. And I can't help but think with an injured thumb and uh, his his athleticism clearly dropping off as he gets older, not to mention just his concern for his body. I mean, you, things hurt more <laughs> when you're older and you don't heal as well. It's just not as fun, I'm guessing, getting hit at, at you know, nearly 40 as it is when you're, you know, 25. So I don't know. That That's just what it looks like. He just, he's, I'm, as somebody who's watching it, as opposed to being on the field with all these crazy things going on, I'm looking at it going, dude, this is simple. He's he's your first primary read. 
You see that he's going to be running to an, a vacated area. Why don't you throw it when he comes out of his break and it's a big play and we're out of the end zone and, and you know, we've seen this happen a thousand times with the Packers and Devontae and Jordy and all these other guys, but for some reason now Rodgers just, he's, he's too up in his head and it's, he's not pulling the trigger. I don't know. It's weird. But we, I mean, we, we're, I, I feel like we're starting to see the better version of Rodgers, but it's just kind of like, it's not quite fully getting there, right? Against Dallas, yeah, and Rodgers would be the first one to tell you. He hit all the, every, he put the ball exactly where he wanted it to go every single time. He said that like 70 times. The problem is, it's just been Dallas this year. It's like the only game. So, needs to be better than that. Hey, Ryan. This is Henry. Hey, Henry. Out here in Minnesota. What's going on? That game on Sunday was great, huh? Yeah. Good job, Cowboys. That was dope. But uh, I'm doing the same thing I did first time I called in. Staring at a lake. Eating some Taco John's. This is going to sound weird. I've never had Taco John's. Where, where is a taco? I think I've seen one once. Maybe they have one like in Madison or something. I don't know. I've never eaten at a Taco John's. I'm assuming it's just like Taco Bell, but different, but like Taco Bell, but I don't know. Lake's frozen now differently because, you know, moved, whatever, different situation. But I'm sad. I'm sad about the Packers. So I want to know... With this holiday coming up, what Packers moment right now you're most thankful for? I kind of like to hear a bunch of people's thankful Packer moments, but you know. That's a good point. You especially, because you know I listen to your show. But uh, I'm going to go first. The one that's coming to mind right now. Uh, Freaking after Scott Tolzine destroyed the team that one year. The Packers came back and still fought their way into the playoffs. Just just makes you happy for the moments like that where they were almost out, they win a game at the very end of the season, and they still make it in. You can just look back on those campaigns and watch the highlights on YouTube and smile. I don't know. What moment are you thankful for? Anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, everybody. The best pie is pecan. Bye. There you go. Theme of the day, pecan pie. Uh, pecan, 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 Sam. What is the... I, I was hoping you were just talking about this season, and then you mentioned a different season. Because this season is, is kind of easy, I think, for me. And that's the Christian Watson touchdown. As dumb as that sounds. Um, I think just because so much hinges on that. There's so much that hinges on making sure that Gutekunst is doing the right things, and especially with the offense, because we, we're in kind of dire straits, especially with receiving receiving talent and everything. And also, of all the players, he has probably the highest ceiling. I would say more so than, I mean, you, you never know, but more so than Quay Walker and um, not necessarily Devontae Wyatt. We do draft some high-ceiling guys, but... More so than Dobbs, more so than pretty much everybody else on our on our draft and most drafts. So, and and, and it starts to become nerve wracking because you know most 
players, you start off really excited and you know the potential, but you also know that the chances are slim that they're going to actually be good at football. I was also extra skeptical of Christian Watson because, I mean, he comes from a small school and it just, it just felt like it probably wasn't going to be a thing and it still might not be, but seeing what he's done, especially after watching him and, and seeing what he already was doing on the field, even though he wasn't getting the opportunities and just believing, like, I know it's there. I've seen it. I know that they can at least, if nothing else, he can be a deep threat and, and a weapon down the field. And then they start using him in that capacity more. And it's it's a really fantastic thing. And um, not only that, was it nice to to kind of see it come to fruition and like, all right, he got that monkey off his back, as Roger said. And, um you know, kind of just giving that little glimmer of hope because because every single play that goes by that he's on the field and doing nothing, aside from these jet sweeps and, and blocking and, and running go routes to, to nowhere, every single route, it, it leads you closer and closer to believing like, all right, this is just not going to happen, is it? Like, it's not a thing. But the other thing was, as I've mentioned before, I was downstairs with my son. That's his dude. Always been his guy. In the draft, that was his favorite prospect. We drafted him. They never draft my favorite guys, ever. I think this year actually might have been one of the only years they did that. Because I, I, if I had to pick somebody, it might be Devontae Wyatt, to be completely honest. I, I don't exactly remember. So this might be one of the first years. But anyways, I was happy to be able to celebrate with him. And it was just, it was a fun thing. But it also signals the future, because that's kind of where I'm at right now, is thinking about the future and where the team's headed. And... um you know, depending on a lot of these young guys, I mean, there's a lot I'm worried about. Watson, Dobbs, and Ture are just a part of it. Um, I'm worried about Josh Myers. I'm worried about John Runyon. I'm worried about Elton Jenkins. Uh, I don't know their trajectory and where they're headed. Uh, I'm worried about Devontae Wyatt. I'm worried about Quay Walker. I'm worried about Jair. He's, he's uh, you know, I, I expected maybe a little regression, but I'm a little worried about how far this could fall. Uh, I'm worried about Stokes. You know, is is this just what he is? He's just kind of a mediocre to subpar corner. Um, Savage, uh, more or less given up on, I guess. I don't really know what what's going to come of that. So, so there's just a lot of pieces, younger pieces that you look at, and um, and you don't exactly know. So it's it's nice to kind of win one. And again, I'm not saying he's he's definitively anything, but it just it's it's a big jump in the right direction, which made me quite happy. Um, why don't we take a break right here? Um, it's a good middle point. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support this podcast directly, that would be so greatly appreciated. Also, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Um, if you would be willing to consider that, I would encourage you to go to FertileGroundRanch.org and just kind of poke around, see what it is they're doing there. Um, it's relatively new, but it's also relatively old. As I said, my dad's been working on this, I want to say, for like 20 years, getting this ministry together. Um, helping people that are uh, really down uh, in in their lives, something that he's been through and he's seen many times. Um, as I've said before, a long time ago, he was going through AA and he was a sponsor, and I never saw the guy because he was always going to, if he wasn't going to a meeting, he was going to church. If he wasn't going to church, he was going to pick some guy up, whether it was, you know, driving somebody that didn't have a car to go to a meeting or picking people up from jail or doing whatever it has to be. And, um, goes and gets a job at Pacific Garden Mission, which is uh, down in Chicago. They do fantastic work down there. 
Uh, you can hear their programs on VCY. My dad actually had his story told on there, if you ever listen to the stories on there. But that's a, a, a homeless shelter, essentially, where they give people places to sleep and food to eat and wash their clothes, in some cases burn their clothes. But they help people on the south side of Chicago. And he did that for many, many years and now is starting his own ministry down in southern Indiana with similar uh, similar things. And, and he's working with uh, ch- churches, partnering with them, but also partnering with the legal system. He had a meeting with uh, all the judges in that county, and they are uh, unanimously decided to allow him to be on a, I guess you'd call it a program list, so that um, you could use that in sentencing uh, in terms of maybe showing leniency. So instead of maybe in lieu of going to prison or maybe as, as a, po- a, a shortened sentence where you could spend some time in jail and then sometime you'd be released to, to the ministry. So place to live, place to work, and ultimately it is a discipleship ministry. And so it's sort of a Christian boot camp, so to speak. But anyways, please check them out, fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello. Ryan, hey. this is Son of Apocalypto. Oh, hi. I feel bad when there are few calls, but I cannot think of anything interesting to ask about these awful packers. Perhaps when I start drinking like the rest of your callers, I will think of something. In the meantime, I am more interested in you. Actually, I wish Day-Day's baby had a call and show because I like to hear her boo and gah. My father said you were a weightlifter in your past. What was your best bench? With current Packers, do you think you could out-bench? <laughs> to be fair, you should probably include coaches. Um, I only understood part of that. Uh, yes, I, I don't know who your father is, but yeah, I used to be, 
used to think of myself as being a bodybuilder back in the day. Um, wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of the only books I read from cover to cover is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia to Bodybuilding, which is a massive book. But I didn't really exactly know what I was doing. I was in high school, I, I had reached a low point of like 250 pounds. And so I went on a diet and I never really stopped getting off the weight loss diet. So I'd gotten down to 170 pounds and I was still eating like chicken, sugar-free jello, broccoli. Yes, I was forcing feeding and I, I didn't use salt and pepper. Like it was super strict. I was also using, um, I'm pretty sure there was a weight loss thing, hydroxycut. And I was using it before they found that banned substance and got rid of it. So I was, it was it like worked really well. But the point is I was not putting on a lot of muscle like I thought I should be. And I was not uh, obviously adding a lot of strength, but I think at my most impressive, I was 170 pounds. And I think my one rep max was like 265. Right now, who could I outbench? I would be stunned if there's a single person, player or coach that I could outbench. Um, I think there's a chance I could bench 200, maybe, but there's a very good chance I could not. And that's, I fully understand that that's kind of embarrassing, but it is what it is. I will say, though, I, I am surprised a few times. Uh, COVID actually really jacked me up. I was really, really into, I, got, I finally got back into it. And I was lifting and I was, I was putting on a lot of, uh, not really muscle, I couldn't tell because I was pretty heavy, but strength. Because um, probably the diet and everything was much better than it was in the past. But the, the, the strength was a lot more than I, mean, I don't know if it's dad strength or what. But I was surprised as somebody who hadn't touched a, uh, a barbell in uh, several years to be able to. You know, I start with 135 and just like pretend it's a warm up, but also like I'm not positive I can do this. Then you're like, oh, that's super light. I'm like, all right, good. I think when you just are a dude and you hit, get to like your 30s, there's like a baseline minimum of how strong you are. It has to be because I don't do anything. <laughs> Occasionally, I do some push-ups just to be like, all right, I just make sure I can still do them. But that's it. There's also an interesting story of me taking steroids for a brief period of time in college, and that was by accident. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> it was kind of by accident, and then maybe for a little while it was on purpose. And then I, I don't really know why I stopped, but I just stopped. Hey, Ryan. Scuba Steve here. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. You? Well, I'm good. Good. Well, hope you have a great Thanksgiving day. Hope you have a blessed one. Thank you. Well, um, want to call you up, tell you a real quick story. All right. Um, so this Thanksgiving, I wanted to be just like the first Thanksgiving. So I got my hunting gear on. I got a bow and arrow. Oh, no. And I went out and I got myself a good old turkey. Oh, thank um, you. But then... I got the turkey taken away from me and got oh, in no. trouble because the grocery store. They said I wasn't allowed to bring a bow and arrow into the store. But oh, yeah. <laughs> how am I supposed to tell the truth now and say I got the turkey? Because you know I don't lie. So at the family table, how am I supposed to tell them I didn't shoot the turkey? Well, anyway, um, I don't have a real question today, but I was just wondering, do you think the Detroit Lions should have a Thanksgiving Day game? Because I'm not so sure if, if they should. I know it's tradition, but um, if you're not from Detroit or the other team, who really cares about that national televised game? So, all right, just want your opinions on that. And, again, have a great Thanksgiving. Bye. I appreciate that, Scuba Steve, and I'm just glad you didn't mention Native American. I really thought that was going down a, a really bad path there. 
I didn't know what you were going to get with your bow and arrow, what you were going to come back with, who stole your turkey from you. Um, yeah, but I, I guess we're good. Um, should the Lions have Thanksgiving Day game? I don't mind it. Um, I mean, th- their divisional opponents, or at least it's somewhat interesting. And um, I don't know. I mean, I it it is tradition. And, and I think holidays are all about tradition. So it's kind of nice to have traditional tradition things. So I don't mind it. That's my weird, not really answer kind of answer. Hey, Ryan. Uh, don't know if you're going to do an after dark before Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Uh, so happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody. Um, still thankful for football, even though we suck. And I wish we were better. Uh, still love football. So thankful for that. Uh, looking ahead to the Eagles game. I know just Packer fans were traumatized running quarterbacks. You know, uh, we suck against running quarterbacks. But I'm just kind of curious. You know, maybe last year and this year with Joe Barry, has it been a little better? I'm definitely worried about it. Um, I think I told you before, me and my buddy are actually going up to the game, so I'm just, I'm just hoping for a good game. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what plays athleticism. Maybe we haven't spy a little bit. I don't know if that's a thing, but just something. To- that is a thing. That's generally his job. Um, even for less athletic quarterbacks like Taylor Heineke, we had Quay spying him most of the game, which was kind of annoying, but whatever. So it it should hopefully neutralize his ability to run against us. But the problem is they're they're essentially putting us in a situation where we have 10 men on the field. They're eliminating one of our linebackers. So we'll see how it pans out. Try to contain uh, Jalen Hurts, but um, I'm just hoping for a good game, you know, because I'm going to be there. I can handle a 2017 loss. If we come out and lose like 35 to 13, I'm going to be very disappointed driving up there for that. But uh, anyway, I'm also very interested in this Jeff Saturday at the Colts situation. I've always thought it's a little weird that you hire somebody to be run the offense or defense and head coach the team. So I think it's like an interesting experiment because to me, the head coach is more like your CEO. Right. You know, the CEO of a company is not getting their hands dirty in any of the work. They're hiring people under them that are going to put the work in and get that stuff done in the minute detail. So I think it's kind of interesting. I've always thought it'd be interesting to see a head coach that's more, you know, the player's coach, you know, getting everybody ready to play mentally and hyping the team up and then not having to worry about running the offense or defense. And, you know, you hire good guys to run the offense and defense. And the head coach doesn't have to do either. Sorry. You heard my horn. Somebody just about hit me on the road. Um, I mean, like, teams have defensive head coaches and then still have good offenses. Teams have offensive head coaches and still have good defenses. Like, I don't know why there's an expectation that the coach has to run one or the other. The coach should be more overarching running the team. And I think it makes sense. And I know Jeff Saturday has, like, no idea. He's never really coached at a high level before. But, you know, if you have a good offense coordinator, good defense coordinator, and you can be the hype guy, the guy the team loves, the guy the team wants to play for, I don't see why that couldn't be enough to get a team going. So, don't know your thoughts on that. Uh, but yeah, go back to. Yeah, I don't really know much about the structure. I would be surprised if, well, I, I mean, I'm not doubting what you're saying, but it seems to me if you're going to hire Jeff Saturday, you're going to try to take a lot off his plate. You know, um, his job is to come in and be the chief motivator. Um, and that's not to say he doesn't know football. Obviously the guy knows football, but you know, being a coach is different than understanding X's nose and whatnot. So, um, 
Yeah, again, I don't I don't know too much about what they have going on over there, but um my thought is that I don't necessarily think that this is going to set them up for long-term success. I don't think you can just magically transform a player into a coach. I think they're completely different things. Um, a player is going to be a better coach than a random person off the street, but you look at these coaches and, you know, I mean, they've been coaching for decades, some of them, before they end up getting a head coaching job and, and Jeff Saturday hasn't spent five seconds as a coach. So he doesn't have that understanding and so I don't know how long this whole motivation thing can work and getting people amped up and, and just getting people to play above their abilities, which which is incredibly important. I mean, you can take a bad team and make them look real good, just like you can take a good team and make them look like garbage if you have a garbage locker room and whatnot. I don't know. I can't think of any teams that would be a good example of that. But um, but I don't know like what, what the sort of statute of limitations is on that. Like, How long does that last before it goes away? But I, I just I don't think that this is I think it, it's maybe a good interim, but I, I can't imagine he just stays in that role unless, like I said, he is just that CEO and he has a lot of help around him. Like he has a veteran offensive coordinator and a veteran defensive coordinator and they handle all of that and they call the plays on offense and on defense. And he's mostly just out there like yelling at guys. He's making sure, you know, he's scheduling the practices and kind of getting all that stuff set up. But um, yeah, as far as you know, even game planning and stuff, I would think you'd lean pretty heavily on the offensive and defensive coordinators to get that done. If he's doing a lot of that work himself, that seems, seems pretty crazy. But again, I did expect them to have some success and I do think it's short term. I don't know how long short term is though. Hey, what's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. I hope everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you probably listened to this after Thanksgiving, but I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving if that's the case. Uh, my question, well, not even a question. I guess my comment is this. I was listening to the one where y'all talking about we need a tight end and why it's not an important position, it seems like, sometimes. Um, I do know that the tight end position in the draft is probably, like, the most missed position. Yeah. Uh, in the draft, that maybe took a quarterback. Um, because you think about a lot of the best tight ends, when they were drafting, like, third round, fourth round. Yep. If you look at, like, you like Kelsey and – um. What was the other? I'm trying to remember the other tight end that everybody loved. Um, then I cannot remember. But if you, I don't know if you used to look up like the top five tight ends, a lot of them were like later round picks. Um, so, you know, you'll get somebody in the first round, they don't pan out a lot of times. They just get them maybe based on speed. But, uh, I just, just definitely agree with you. We do need one, but it's just hard to find a good one. Like even Jermichael Finley was like a third, fourth round pick, you know. So, Oh yeah, I think I think Gronk is the only one that was like was like good. And he was a second round pick, you know, like that really like lived up to his draft status. But um, I wanted to also comment on like draft positions. I think we need and a quick reason why, or maybe not really why. I just think- just a quick touch on the tight end thing. I agree a hundred percent, and I, I must have said it at a different time, but that's pretty much verbatim what I had said. I, I even posed the theory that maybe what you should do is never draft the tight end let other teams do it and then just save your pennies and spend all the money on their really good tight ends. Cause it's just a complete guess as to who the good tight ends are going to be. Positions based on time. Um, but I definitely could see us needing to draft a cornerback just in case Stokes, uh, doesn't get healthy. Uh, a lot of people have been skipping that position, but 
even if we got a good one like in the second round, the third round, that, you know, maybe he could start if Stokes not good and if he is, and we have like four good corners. So that'd be awesome. Uh tackle. A lot of people are saying we don't need wide receivers because we have two good ones. A lot of teams now have three good wide receivers. Legitimate three good wide receivers. So you can't go wrong with having three or four good wide receivers. But we need a, a universal number one. Um, like I said, tight end, tackle, and guards usually you can get later on. Um, definitely, I don't know about uh, uh, we could outside linebacker, but I could see that as well. And most definitely safety. So, all right, y'all have a great day. Uh, go Pack Go. Appreciate it, Omar. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll hear from you in about two minutes here, or 30 seconds. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree insofar as basically saying pretty much every position is worthy of some consideration. Um, I can't really think of, of too many, if any, that are 100% off the board. I mean, running back, you have to consider. Quarterback, you got to consider. Wide receiver is definitely a need. Offensive line, I would say, is is a need. Um, defensive tackle, yes. Edge rusher, yes. Linebacker, probably. I mean, we did just get Quay, but um, I'm not sure exactly how long Devondre is going to stick around. And if we're not just talking first round, we're talking, you know, mid-round. There's nothing wrong with getting additional depth, and you're talking special teams. Uh, safety is definitely a need. And corner would be probably a little lower on the list, but it's, you know, again, um, the depth isn't really there. I don't know the status of Razul and, and what we're even going to be doing with him. And like you said, Stokes, I don't know exactly how good that guy is. So the the nice thing about it is we're simultaneously in a position where we have a good roster, but we also can really just focus on best player available and don't have to worry about, you know, those two or three needed positions that we have. Some are, are more needs than others, but, you know, we still have the ability to say, oh, well, and if this guy, you know, if we genuinely believe this guy's what what our program needs, he's got the mentality, he's got the attitude, he's got the d- the dimensions, he's got the um, the measurables and and it, everything else. Just pull the trigger and and it'll end up working out. So uh, let's get back to Omar. I think we're gonna do one more and then we're gonna bounce out of here. It is Omar Firefighter again. It's my hey. first time calling back to back. Nice. Happy about that. Uh, also, um, I wanted you to look up. So if you haven't seen, um, I think Peter King did like a like top if Rodgers was to get traded in the offseason, like a top like 11 teams. Okay. And it's kind of funny because the number one team was the team I called the 49ers. Um, but they had like the Bucks on there. I don't know why they had the Raiders, but there was a uh, saying how they can, in, you know, entice them because it's Vegas and you have Devontae again and they have weapons and stuff like that. So that was that was kind of funny. But I am very excited about the news of his thumb, not that he was injured, but that he had finally admitted, that Rodgers admitted it, that he does have a broken thumb, because that opens the door to play Jordan Love now. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming they'll do it after the Eagles game. My, I don't want to say this because this sounds crazy, but my fear is that Rodgers plays good, like he played against the Cowboys on the Eagles game, and we win or like we almost win. And more more likely if, if we would have won if he played awesome. Um, then they were like, it'll look stupid to start love. So I'm kind of, I'm not saying hoping that we blow out, but I'm kind of like maybe it's a good game, but you can tell it's not because of Rodgers, maybe because we run the ball or something. 
and then they can sit them out for the rest of the year, and then we can see Love hopefully be good. I know a lot of Love haters out there, but if he's good, it's a win-win because either he can be our quarterback of the future or we can get better draft capital, get like a second-round pick for him and trade him to like the Colts or something, you know, it's a team that uses a quarterback. So a lot of – I don't know why a lot of people hate on Love if – if he plays good, it's just, uh, you know, excellent for us. So it's, I don't see why he gets so much heat. Um, but I'm really hoping he plays after this Eagle game the rest of the year and that he looks great and awesome just to give us hope for the future. And um, I'm also missing my man Turi. I know he's on the, deep on the depth chart, but uh, unless they're going to bring Sammy Watson, uh, Watson's back, which I actually would do if he signed, because I think he signed a super cheap, Deal like a million dollars. That's cheap for a wide receiver. I mean, I don't know if he's deserving it, but I don't think we're going to bring a Lazard back. So if you have him just for depth, that Watson, Dobbs, Shuri, and then like whoever we draft in like the first, second, or third round, you know, uh, that would be awesome just to have have a, a vet there to help Love or Rogers, whoever's there, you know. I, I don't think Sammy is terrible. I just really think. They just him and Rogers on the same page because Rogers don't like offseason training. But anyway, go pack, go. Yeah, I'm trying to find what it is you were referencing. Um, I know Peter King recently wrote that. Um, here's what he said: I think it might not be altogether nonsensical to consider trading Rogers to Las Vegas for Derek Carr on a third round pick. It might be the most important word there. Uh, might being the most important word there. Miles to go before you reach a decision like that, but it has crossed my mind. I can't imagine something dumber for the Green Bay Packers to do than that. I mean, if you're just looking at it from the Raiders' standpoint, that makes sense. The Packers don't want they don't want Derek Carr, and for the love of all things holy, can you imagine giving up Aaron Rodgers, getting a massive drop-off in quarterback? Although I will say this, the Raiders love Derek Carr. So if you're just talking about like a big-time locker room guy, apparently he is a really big, like they freaking love, love, love that guy. But to only keep the third-round pick, we don't want it. We'd rather not have it than have it. You're out of your mind. That That would be the worst thing ever, unless it's just a matter of we need to find a trade partner to move on from Rodgers and to dump his contract. He wants to be there with Devontae. This is the best deal we can get, and so we're going to take it. But... I would almost rather just say keep Carr or find another. You do like a three-way trade or something, um, and just give us a first. I don't want. I don't want a third, and I don't want Derek Carr. Um, and if you're going to insist on us taking Carr, because you probably will, we need at least a second because this is this is stupid. And so you take Carr, and you have the outside shot that who knows? Maybe in this system, you know. Maybe uh, maybe everything will be okay with Derek Carr. I don't know. He's, he's He has been at times a very underrated, in my opinion, quarterback, but it's been pretty brutal over there for the Raiders and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But altogether, I think that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but I get what you're saying about the Eagles game in general. I mean, it's, you know, you want to root for the Packers and you want to get excited about it, but... You know, if we, you know, like you said, if we if we lose but kind of play well, I think honestly, if we, even if we lose and look bad, I just I don't think we're going to do anything different. 
until we are 100% mathematically eliminated, I don't think we can expect any real substantive changes to happen with the team. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, so I and and we won't be mathematically eliminated. But I get what you're saying in terms of of you know giving us and the team and everybody else hope if we kind of look good or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a tough spot to be in. And I know some fans, it's a very easy decision. I will always root for the Packers to win. But I think for a lot of us, myself included, there is an element of, of course, I'm cheering for the Packers, but pragmatically, what is what is what is going to give us the best overall outcome this year, next year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years? If we miss the playoffs and get a 17th overall pick, is anybody going to look back in three years and be like, dude, you remember that Eagles game we won? That was awesome. I'm so glad we won that game. As we watch a top five pick tear up the league, and our, you know, number seventeen overall pick is already off the team, but we beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. Remember, and it was totally worth it. Nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to say that. So I don't know. There's a lot of variables right now. I think um, I'm I'm in a position where I get to just sit and watch and enjoy it, and and I can probably convince myself no matter what, it's a good thing. If we look really good and we beat the Eagles, I get to cheer, I get to be excited, I get to be happy, and, and there's still that outside chance. And you get to believe in the dream. If the Packers lose the game, I get to say, you know, all right, that there's closure. The season is is 99.999% over. We are a step closer toward um, a high draft pick and, you know, just figuring out the future, which is which is a fun thing to do for me anyways. So I'm I'm not going to stress about it too much. I, I understand the dilemma, but we'll just let it unravel naturally and we'll see how it goes. Um, I honestly don't know the best case scenario. And I, I know that's going to make a lot of people mad, but I don't. If I had to rank them, maybe winning the game would be best. Looking good and losing would be second best. Let me put it this way. Winning and looking dominant would be best. Losing and looking good would be second best. Um. Because in my opinion, if you're winning and you're looking bad, you know the season's over, you know it didn't mean anything, you know the team still sucks, and you're worried about the future because the team looks bad, but you won a game which doesn't help you at all. Something like that. I don't know. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. we got a couple calls here, but I want to kind of keep a little bit of a backlog just because I know the holidays are coming up. I will say, um, if you wouldn't mind, call in tomorrow. Just just as, as a call and talk about whatever you want. But drop in something you're thankful for for Thanksgiving. I will try to get a podcast out. If not, it'll be a day late, but it'll still be a Thanksgiving special. Uh, I don't know what time we'll be getting home from from Grandma's house, but I'm sure I will be full of food and, and comatose, but I will do my best. But ask whatever question you want. Just preface it with, I mean, it could be football. I'm thankful for Rogers. I'm thankful for Gutekunst. I'm thankful for Pat O'Donnell. I'm thankful for Pie. Whatever. Just hit me with it. Anyways, have a great, uh, great night, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Please drive safe. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people driving home under the influence, and there might be snow and everything else with bad weather, and it's just kind of a dangerous time to be driving. I think it might be one of the most dangerous. I think, what is it? Is it? Is it Thanksgiving or maybe after Christmas? I know New Year's is bad, but I don't think that's it. It's, it's either like Thanksgiving night or Christmas night or something is like the most dangerous time to be driving. It's up there. I don't know. It's one of them. St. Patty's Day is probably pretty brutal, too. But just be careful and uh, come back and give me some calls. Miss you. Love you. Have a good one. Bye.